popcorn rice so I can discuss Want to know some more fun facts? Isn't it awesome to see some of your favorite content creators and favorite people, honestly, you follow here on this app, be a part of this amazing community called The Nerd Initiative. Welcome to Fandoms, a show from every fan's point of view, brought to you by the Nerd Initiative Network. Here's your hosts, Tony and Michael. All right, and this is Tony, uh, your host, along with Michael, who looks really pixelated for some reason on my end, um, but I'm hoping that's just me. Um, but it is the first episode of... Okay, you're looking a little bit better. It's like you're you're kind of coming in for me. There we go. It's my computer. It's pro I'm just going to say it's all me. Um, first I'm, fandoms. I'm, I'm looking on, no, you're right. I'm looking on YouTube and it's a little, you're back now. You're good. Okay. It took a second. Okay. You're just a little shady. That's all you gotta get. You had to get all the polygons in, but it, regardless, it is the first fandoms of the month of July. Um, so happy July. Um, we are also halfway through season two. Um, we did, I think it was like 12, 12 or 14 episodes the last season we're going to make it as, as a slick 12 um and then we'll take a hiatus at the 12th 12th mark and um I'm, I'm saying all of this for nobody's purpose whatsoever but myself so i'll just go ahead and shut up now and um just let you guys know <laughs> that this show has been brought to you by the nerd initiative merch store please go ahead and check that out um there will be some new merch coming down the road um, this next week, um, I was going to have it ready for drop tonight. Uh, unfortunately, um, Teespring decided that the images that I had on the back of the shirts were so good that I obviously stole the images from myself. And so I have to prove that I own the rights to the images that I created myself. Um, but that, you know, that's what it is. So, but be sure to check that out. We'll be wait, having oh, one. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you were talking about. The real merch that's coming. Oh no 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 no! There's that has not been real merch that's coming, and we will. I mean, we can't. We can. We can talk about it down the road. We don't want to veer off, but there is some insane stuff coming with a collaboration that yes, uh, it was just announced tonight on Instagram Live from our, our buddy Shoebaker. Uh, we are going to be a part of some. Some custom kicks, uh, Spidey Venom mashup to start, and it is gonna. They are insane, and they had basically the creative team on IG Live tonight talking about the the process and the materials going into it and everything. So, uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be posting about it and and everything like that. And those are gonna be. I mean, I I've never been more excited. To, for anything in my entire life, I don't think. And I'm having a baby in three months. So that, that should it's it's so hard not to talk about it right now because I know I've seen images of the concept, and this is going to be one of the coolest things that we've been a part We can of show, I mean, we can show it. I I, I, I want to get our, our guest on, uh, so she's not waiting back and sitting there being like, What are you guys doing? But we can absolutely show it. Like it was again, they they showed the, the images. Uh, there's certain things we're keeping under wraps, but the images are out there. The designs are out there. They talked about the materials that are going into it, um, what they're doing, and it's 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 insane. Okay, okay. With Megs with Megs's comment, let's go ahead and get our special guest on. If you don't know her, um, she is the content creator formerly known as Cat Lady JJ, um, and she is now the Lady Dragon JJ. So. 
JJ, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Super excited to have you on. How I'm are so you doing? Excited. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's so nice to see you guys and to be here. I'm so and, honest, and honestly, I do feel like we're going to have different people watching just because when I when I when I posted the 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 promo for you to be on the show, different people responded excited. And so, you know, Yay. obviously, <laughs> like I know I've loved you for a long time just watching your content. You. Um, and uh, you're 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 definitely one of the most positive but straightforward creators. And I love that about you um so yeah yeah and you can already see right now like megs is never on the interaction yeah the interaction tonight is <laughs> epic and it's on a new level i mean will wilkins coming out of hibernation um i, I love and having him in the chat uh he was on the show about a month ago I think. Um, it, this is great this is this is this is gonna be a blast there we go oh yeah see look the all the comments, all the all the love. Oh, that's 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 I, great. Seriously, love to you guys. You guys are so awesome. Making yeah. <laughs> me blush. And honestly, like I, I also feel like the title of this show is also kind of like too too tunnel visioned, um, from Westeros to Galaxy Far Far Away. Because you're you're mm -hmm. you're into a whole lot more than that. Um, oh, yeah. you, I would say that you're you're a strong voice in literary talk. Um, you know, you you dabbled in Bridgerton, pretty much anything that you're interested in. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, all that, but basically anything that's intellectual you are involved in. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you, if it requires, you know, really deep analysis, which I, I've, I've always enjoyed with your content. Cause even, even just with watching game of Thrones, uh, Michael, you don't realize this. Like I would message JJ and be like, what yep. now? Cause you weren't responding to me about like, like something I messaged. And then when I finished with it, like she asked me a question and I'm going to be honest with you, JJ, I felt like your, your question to me was loaded. Oh my gosh. When you, when, you said, <laughs> when you said, did you feel like this was natural? I'm like, do I, does that, does, did she feel it was natural or just <laughs> because like I'm sitting there, like I literally like the, the last you guys are about Game last of Thrones, like what, wait, what's natural. We're we talking about something. So, I could have worded that question a little bit different. It was, it was the last <laughs> two episodes of Game of Thrones and you see Khaleesi basically go unhinged as if she was the 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 mad ruler, mm. and it just seemed out of character for for the entire eight seasons um, of the show because you you immediately fall in love with her because she's always the yeah. the um she is the 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 advocate for those who don't have a voice, Correct. and and then all of a sudden she just goes full tilt like evil. Yeah. And it just it didn't yeah. make sense. But the way JJ asked it, she was like, So um, so did you think it was natural? I'm like, I mean, I can get it because I was thinking about her like her her father, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like it was like I, I said to you, like it, mm -hmm. it it happened too quickly. Like if that were yeah, what happened, and then I had to well. go back and look and see that it wasn't in the books, like this is not like this is like the whole thing. Like it reminds me now of going back to watching Logan Lucky, how they were arguing in the prison mm -hmm. about how the books hadn't come out yet and they deviated from the show. So it was, I was mostly aiming at like, was it, did it feel earned, which I should have worded that better than using the word, did it feel natural, more like, did it feel earned to you, like what they were trying to do? Even if you go the tyrant or mad queen route, you yeah. need to earn those moments. And it just, to me, felt like they were trying to cram in as much personal tragedy into this character for her to mm -hmm. be like, well, now everybody's going to pay for, for my best friend dying, for my advisors dying, for, for, mm -hmm. for the betrayals, for all of that. So it was just very rushed 
And one thing to keep in mind, like, and I want to make that very clear because I do make it clear on my own account. Like I am a, when it comes to at least a song of ice and fire, I am a fairly straightforward book purist. Like, I think these books are, and I, and I am honest about that. Like, that's what you, when you come to see me, that's what you, that that is the expectation. So did I expect every single page to be translated in live action? No, that is impossible. That's just not how it works. But if you capture the crux, the foundations, the basics, everything else can be kind of worked around that. It's just to me, they failed in a lot of ways, being somebody that has reread these books numerous times, talks about them all the time. So mm-hmm. they're thematically very rich and they're heavy and they can be a chore. But once you get invested, like you're like constantly picking things apart. So for me to watch these complicated, this complicated violent fantasy being boggled down to a bunch of cool moments happening, it was disappointing. So that was sort of what I was kind of trying to ask you, like, yeah. did it feel earned to you? everything that happened even to Jon Snow like being exposed as the Aegon the Aegon Targaryen you know what I mean like that meant yeah. nothing like that's sort of what I was aiming at. I didn't mean to trap and, yeah. you <laughs> like it, like it was, wasn't, wasn't satisfying either either like it was weird like I mean again this is so long this is now I mean Tony's catching all of us right like <laughs> he's, he's 2019 yeah but it, even his, his the, the, the conclusion of his story was so underwhelming um even when like he was like on uh, essentially on trial after he, you know, there's, there's no spoilers like six years later. So for no, the it doesn't watching count. <laughs> this, after he killed Khaleesi and, and, you know, he had to and did the right thing. It just, it all felt like, yeah. And then, then the brand finale, it just, everything felt so rushed and, and we know why, but. Correct. And that's the part that hurts because we know why that's what breaks my heart. Yeah. Correct. And, and we only know that there are certain things that I think um, that Martin has even said are going to happen in mm-hmm. the like like he's only confirmed a few things that were like like this depicted in the the last seasons but at the same time like when i found out that the that the night king or the what was it yeah oh. like he doesn't even exist it's or not at least, a real thing he's yeah like like <laughs> he's not what the show portrayed like there's actual right. deep lore behind the concept of night king who's actually an, a person that existed thousands of years ago that sort of a lot of magic like the show was void of a lot of fantasy aspects they just threw dragons in there but didn't do anything else maybe some magic some prophecies here and there but like it's, that stuff is so deeply intertwined in this political intrigue and i felt like they really watered it down so night king like the one you saw on her show does not exist it's not real okay thing, so. i have a question for you because this is this is also something that drives me crazy with this with the show because okay i felt like it was and this is just my my perception. I'm mm-hmm. gonna the, the logo because I kept seeing it over my face. Um, <laughs> I this was a perception. I've not looked it up. I've not read the books. Um, the Lord of Light doesn't mm-hmm. really play that much of a part in the books because I'll be very honest with you. The resurrection aspect seemed very lazy to me. Oh, it was. Yeah. Well, uh, George R. Martin plays with religion a lot. Being like a he is Catholic, but I don't know if he's practicing anymore. So he. Okay kind of modeled faith of the seven with Catholicism, essentially that's his inspiration, but he also uses correct. A lot of parallels to that. Um, Although I know he doesn't practice as much anymore, but he uses a lot of those inspirations to kind of form the build, build the world. And like the Lord of light, old gods, they are essentially the only tangible. And I'm using that word really loosely that you actually see representations of that, whether through resurrections, whether through 
dragons themselves, you know what I mean? Through the concepts of fire, old gods being the weirwood trees and all those children of the forest, the giants that you saw. So a lot of the religions that are not faith of the seven have actually been seen by eyes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that you can yeah. look at something happening caused by a certain entity. Right. Faith being sort of you go in the faith of the seven is what I mean. It's sort of like a there's no magical aspect to it. Right. That makes sense. You know what I mean? So yeah. Relore and old gods, they all have a sort of entity that could be producing tangible results. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes so, a lot of sense. And resurrection aspect in the book is a huge deal because there's mm -hmm. a huge storyline in um, Feast for Crows. Like, you know, Cat Stark dies in Red Wedding, obviously. Yeah. Three days later, she is resurrected by Lord of Light into the okay. zombie-like state. Like, yeah, uh, so the iron Mar is it the iron lady, mm -hmm. I think, is what they called her. Yeah, uh, a lady Stoneheart. That's what? Stoneheart. That's what it was. Lady yeah. Stoneheart. Correct. So the reason why Martin did that is to show you cannot just bring people back from dead and like nothing happens. There's consequences to these things. Otherwise, because it cheapens cheapens death, in my opinion. The moment you bring back dead characters, especially when the death is meaningful, <laughs> like to me. <laughs> When did you guys write some fan? Oh my goodness, fan? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> so, like the moment you start bringing dead characters, it undermines the story. It undermines death. So George Armand is like, "No, we're gonna. I'm gonna show you what happens when you try to bring somebody from the dead." And Cat Stark is a result of that. So sure. it's gonna play into Jon Snow right now, who is currently dead, in the book. Okay. So. Interesting. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. So for yeah, those no. just joining us, because I don't know if we gave a. a a really solid intro to the, the category and we start we just kind of like sorry <laughs> we did a lot so it's fine we're talking you know you are again a a really learned you know literary in, in the fandom space so we're talking game of thrones we're talking obviously the unfulfilling ending about it um mm -hmm. and you have so much knowledge with that i want to bring in another fandom because i think when you mentioned the Night King, uh -huh. excuse me, it got me thinking about it because I'm okay. a huge, I'm a big Star Wars fan. And mm -hmm. when you talked about the Night King and you talked about, you know, it's a guy who lived thousands of years ago and something I'm excited for, and I hope we're going to get like something that's true. You know, we've been waiting for, for the old Republic for the longest time because that fascinates me. Like the, the original stories. That's what it made me think of. And it's it's a shame that we didn't get, I mean, we only got that, I watched that scene over and over again, the one with the children of the forest making mm -hmm. the night thing. And I was like, I wanted more. And I was disappointed that we just kind of got what we got. And it reminds me of like, hopefully we're getting a full, I want to hear what you think about that when it comes to Star Wars, because that, um, I, I, they've, they've waited on this long enough with Darth Revan and the original Jedi. And you'll like this, that I actually know this too, like the Jedi when they, before they split off. And I'm fascinated and cannot wait to see those origins and like those, you know, the, the old Republic mm -hmm. uh, is, yeah, I don't know if that's even a question. Sorry. I just wanted to no, talk no, about that. No, um, that's, that's a great question. It's just, I just don't see it happening. Anytime soon, the 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 old Knights of the Old Republic being like fully canonized or explored, at least mm -hmm. not by Disney, because they're so very clear about keeping the EU and the legends mm -hmm. and canon sort of separate. So I love that stuff. Some of my favorite books are legends books. I, I am fascinated by the dark side, by the the Sith lore. Like 
Acolytes, uh, yeah, Acolyte is coming out like I think next year. I I saw a trailer for it at the celebration in London. Yes, be jealous. <laughs> so that's the that's one Star Wars project that I'm looking most forward to because it kind of goes a little bit further before the prequels, before the known Jedi era. And then the the movie that they're doing, um, I can't I can't think of a top top of my head. The one that's being directed by the director of um, Indiana Jones. He is going like 10,000 years in the past for Star Wars. So wow. that's going to be so, so exciting. Like I am so ready for, mm-hmm. <laughs> so ready for that, uh, for that movie. Cause I am kind of stuck with Star Wars being in the same place. I really wanted to do something new. Like even if they do like offshoot projects, like, like Knights mm-hmm. of the Old Republic, just do it. Like don't, you don't have to canonize it. Just do it. You know what I mean? So or at least something post Dry the Skywalker because that one still kind of pains my heart. So I just want to move move in some direction that is not prequel and Clone Wars, <laughs> if that so, makes sense. So let me ask you this. I just saw your one of your TikToks that you did. Now, uh, Michael knows Charles Soul, and you had commented on the High Republic book. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I took from it was the, your, your criticism of the book was specifically about the fact that you felt like it didn't really build... Um, kind of development with the characters to where mm-hmm. when things happen that it felt like it mattered to you. And, and mm-hmm. do you think that, do you think that like, 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 let's say that book and maybe some of the other stuff that we're getting that's, that is trying to kind of work into the canon space is trying to at least build a history that they can then play on to build those characters? Or do you think they're just trying to get too much information out so that they have something to work with later on? So I, I might've been a, no, I still stand by it. I'm thinking it no, was you were, you were, harsh. You were very positive. You weren't super harsh. Like you said, okay. like there were good things about it. The, 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 oh. Your criticism was the uh, was the character development. Like it right. was, you felt like when things happened to the characters, you didn't really care because you didn't have like much investment in the characters. So at least, again, this comes totally from a personal like taste. For me, a good book is going to establish characters and character development and your, your basics with the light of Jedi in light of the Jedi. It just crammed insane amount of plot <laughs> within like you, you are watching a tragedy that's wiping out millions of creatures across galaxy stuffed in 30 pages. And then like, there's an alphabet soup of characters just being thrown in. So, mm-hmm. and I understand that the author Charles soul had a tough task. You are introducing a brand new era of star Wars. Mm. So I think the purpose was to, introduce as many characters as possible and then like build the tree from that trunk Mm -hmm. in my opinion the trunk itself should be solid (laughs) you know as as a starting point because i got into high republic a little too late versus some of a lot of my friends and a lot of the people in star wars community so was i primed a little bit before i got into the light uh uh, light of jedi maybe a little bit so my expectations were like uh, way way high so when i was reading that i'm like what is what are we excited about here who who is a standout here what you know what i mean like but mm-hmm. then he does cool things with the force like the villains or martian raw really cool like stuff like that grips me but the book itself is a bit of a chore so mm-hmm. to me it could have been a little better paced a little less characters maybe more mm-hmm. natural dialogue like when you have a book that's like just dumping exposition page after page and it's just info dumping and things are happening like you as the reader you have no time to simmer or marinate on mm-hmm. any of it because if a character dies 
doesn't doesn't really matter because we're not going to revisit that anymore. We're moving on to sure. the next thing. So that was my issue with it. But I, at the same time, like on the same same level, I'm so excited that Star Wars is doing this, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping it picks up the steam so that we can see some of it being probably. I hope animated to me, animated animation in Star Wars has just been so far superior in my opinion like rebels mm-hmm. is like cream of the crop for me like it's my favorite piece of star wars of all time um obviously so like <laughs> I, I i hope high republic picks up steam in mainstream not just in niche groups so that we can see that era explored sure. so and we might and we we're gonna see some of it maybe in acolyte fingers crossed like <coughs> dwell into those themes and then have you guys played Jedi Survivor yet with Cal Kestis? And- no. Not yet. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I only played the first I game. It. I haven't gotten to the next one yet. Okay, it's it's excellent. Like, it's way, not way better, but it, I think it's a little better than even Fallen Order. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a really good story. Like, I am, I always, I joke with in group in group chats that I'm a themes person, not a things person. And, like, this video game, for me, it delivered better Star Wars than, like, 80% of stuff that's out there. If that makes yeah. I know no, that's a bold statement. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can remember, like when I played when I played um, Outcast, it was it was very much it was just fun because you not only did you develop and understand like learn the the, the idea of learning from other Jedi and mm-hmm. you know having to make those decisions and your decisions kind of govern what happens. Because um, like my my first uh, th- this goes back a while was um, of course like the Jedi Knight. Um, with uh, Cal Katarn and oh yeah, and that right. was a great story, and mm-hmm. of course not canon at all. Right, and right. then and then you had you know you had Force Unleashed, um, mm-hmm. which which I think the first one really tried to be a story, and I think the second one just became like a, a slugfest. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. so much of a story; it was just like right. oh, you know, we kind of killed him, but let's bring him <laughs> back, and we're just going to do the whole clone thing. So if right. you weren't sure what was going to happen in Rise of Skywalker, you should have just watched the Force Unleashed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but I will say, taking it back to when you mentioned you were talking um, about, uh, I'm, I'm like losing my brain right now. But the first thing I thought of, you mentioned tragedy, and the first, you know, what I thought of when you said tragedy, I was like, have you heard the tale of the tragedy <laughs> of Darth Plagueis the Wise? But um, I, I love like, that book, by the way. It's one of my favorite legend books. <laughs> I'm wanting to literally say that for five minutes since you said that, but. That that's my drop-in right there. That's it. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I love that book. So yeah, I would love like Darth Plagueis, like at least like a uh, Tales of the Jedi style, like little short, little spans, just to kind of dwell into rule of the two a little bit. Like what does Sith lore entail, so that we can kind of explore what's going on with Palpatine and the Rise of Skywalker and those things. You know what I mean? Like tie into that you know i would love that instead of just like random bits of information being dumped by characters who have no business dumping that information on us so i i get what you mean like i would love some old old era stuff like that to me is fascinating just like game of thrones like when you go back into the legends part of the a song of ice and fire there's a lot of crazy s going on in the background like a whole lot of weird magic weird tale yeah i get it (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you, you mentioned the rule of two. Like, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, going deep on YouTube, like Star Wars Theory, and you know, like all these different channels, 
and learning about before the rule of two, where there was like, you know, Sith academies and things like that, which just oh, yeah. sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, but like, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's, I, it's just fascinating. I really want to, I, I want to see more of that. I know they've been lobbying for what is like almost like a decade now to get Keanu to be Revan and that's, that's never going to happen. Well, I no. mean, you never know. You never know. Probably not. But probably not. <laughs> we need to get, yeah, to your point, we need to get past the Skywalker trilogy and what they did and, Let's. Just, it was great and it was Let's fantastic, see. but it, it, it. we need new material. I think, and that's the thing that is um, we're lacking these days. Is, is everyone tries to kind of just keep going at the same story, and we're seeing it, you know, over and over again. And I think, you know, Tony, you know, earmuffs, but um, <laughs> even uh, I think even Marvel is getting a little bit of flack now and pushback. For, no. Well, that's why I said earmuffs. I mean, look, I, I love Secret Invasion. I think some people, it's splitting people down the middle. Um, some people don't, some people do, whatever. But I do think we need to get past what we're, we, you know, the hangups we're on as far as like a Skywalker or the Avengers or, and, and just get into the, and when we do that and it's done right, I think it's done really well. And so hopefully, Hopefully someone steps up and we start getting that. I'm going to say something on this in a second, but I do want to address this. So all the movie things made the comment. Um, what were you into first? Were you into uh, Game of Thrones or Star Wars? Oh, Star Wars. I, I, that was like my, not even my first thing. Like I was a nurse. When I was a kid, like Power Rangers, like original animated uh, Spider-Man cartoon, Ninja Turtles, Transformers, Later on, Sailor Moon, and then mm -hmm. about twelve, I I watched Phantom Menace and changed my life. <laughs> um, Game of Thrones, I did not get into until I was a little a, a little bit older because I, I heard about the books. They are that they are like really thick, <laughs> thousand pages, and then they were very violent. Um, so it just wasn't my cup of tea at the time. So mm -hmm. right around the time the show was getting produced, I was a little bit older, so I was able to process those type, types of themes a little bit better. So I got into Game of Thrones a little bit more and it just really gripped me from the get-go especially after you know that Stark dies in your in the first book so and that sort of changes your mind it changes your entire worldview of how you consume stories when your author kills off your main character it's just not something that I've experienced in my consumption of media so to me really through completely pulled the rug on, underneath my feet and, and as you dwell more into it you kind of understand why things happen so mm -hmm. but yeah Star Wars was earlier like i like i was 12 i think when i saw phantom menace and it was kind of history from then on yeah i gotta ask you something um because you mentioned you were 12 when you saw phantom menace and i i i not to be nostalgic and be the old guy in the room being like get off my lawn or whatever uh -huh. i do miss like i remember i remember phantom menace i remember going i think man i don't want to age myself but i think it was in college going to see uh Re, uh, Revenge of the Sith and mm -hmm. I gotta say and we don't have this this day and age because now we've moved back to like the Thursday before release oh it's 7 o'clock you go I miss <laughs> like the midnight showings like I remember oh, I remember God, yeah. I remember scampering with my girlfriend at the time for mm -hmm. Revenge of the Sith and we hadn't planned on going and then at the last minute we're like we got to go. And we had to go like a 45 minutes out of where we were to go see it, to get a ticket. And I remember sitting there, it was like 1145 getting seated and someone literally fully dressed as Obi-Wan Kenobi coming in and walking, oh, sitting in amazing. front of us. 
Amazing. And it's just the kind of, and I, she was a Harry Potter fan. And so you go and people were dressed up. Like I, I miss that stuff. I mean, I know it's probably easier to do a seven o'clock before, but I feel like it's so saturated now. I miss those like big event kind of things that we don't see as much, especially with streaming too. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't I wanted to get your take on that too. Cause I, that must've been an amazing event to go see Phantom Menace at 12 years old in the theater when it came out, like so much excitement and, and, and joy. I don't, and I think we have that now, but I don't know if it's as, the buildup is, is the same this day and age. So I, I was still in Eastern Europe when Phantom Menace came out. So movie theater experiences there are very rare. So you mm -hmm. get those big outings. And I remember it was uh, Godzilla, like that first original movie. That was huge where I was um, Godzilla, Phantom Menace and uh, Blair Witch Project. Those were huge. And Blair Witch. Yeah, it was huge. I, I remember everybody talking about it. So um to me like i saw a couple of trailers it looked interesting i didn't know anything about star Wars. i haven't seen the original trilogy obviously so i got into the original trilogy after i moved to the united states and really got a grip on star wars at the time mm -hmm. so for me phantom menace like and you coming off of like from power rangers from transformers like there's more like oh there's cool guys with magical weapons that glow like that's the thought process going into it. And there's like cool ships and they're riding. I'm like, you're not thinking about the lore. You're not thinking about Luke. You're just thinking about, oh, there's a cute little kid and he's riding a cool little ship and you're 12. And it's like the best thing ever. Like to me, like no one can take those moments away from me. And that's mm -hmm. why I get a little triggered personally when people talk crap on Phantom Menace because it's such a personal experience to me. But I get it. It's it's Phantom Menace, but uh, Darth Maul was in it. And when he pulled the double dual ended mm -hmm. lightsaber, oh you're my sold. word, you're done, you're done, it's over. Like, you are a lifelong fan from then on. So, but it was, oh, yeah. but you're talking about like movie theater experience. The one I went to midnight showing on an opening day for the first time in God knows since probably 1999 2000 was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I wow, made wow. I made it my mission to watch it, and it opened on my birthday. So I made it my mission to watch it at midnight on opening day because I don't want to get spoiled because internet is terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, because everybody's like talking, who's gonna die? Is it gonna be Rocket? Is it gonna be Drax, Mantis? And I'm like, if I see a spoiler of somebody's death in Guardians, I will burn internet to the ground. So I'm like, I'll sleep two hours and go to work on Friday. I don't care. <laughs> But yeah, I got my rocket shirt. I brought my rocket plushie. I was, I had my Wanda backpack. I was, I don't do cosplay because I'm not talented, but I got all my nerdy gear and I was in. <laughs> so That's I was awesome. sort of, That's sort awesome. of re reliving those moments. But like, yeah, movie theaters are right now, like blockbusters are so oversaturated. And I talked about that like in a couple of my TikTok videos. It's like, who has 50 to 100 to 200 bucks every weekend mm. for a movie yeah. outing? Like if you have children, you're screwed. You have to buy them candy, drinks. You're spending two, three hundred bucks every weekend for movies. That is insane. And then yeah. they wonder why movies fail. Like Indiana Jones is not doing well, but that's because we had like Transformers, we had uh, Little Mermaid, we had John Wick, uh, we had I don't even know what else. Honestly, I can't even keep track. And now like new uh, Mission Impossible is coming out, which looks freaking amazing. I cannot mm. wait to see that. My God, um, like there's too much out there, and it doesn't feel yeah. like an event anymore, quote unquote like you were describing, like. Yeah, it's almost yeah. as if they're all being released around the same clump of time, whereas you would have, you basically have a blockbuster every month basically. during the summer. Two at and, most, and, yeah. Yeah, and and now and it would even be like, it would yeah. be like at the beginning of the, of the month and like toward the middle of the month, so at least gave like a two-week time span. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like there's like this, this 
this hope to get it out as quickly as possible in order to give it the most time in the theater. But that what they do realize that they're doing is they're, they're overlapping. It's like this whole, um, mm -hmm. um, mission impossible Oppenheimer Barbie thing oh, that's going on. Correct. Like to the point of where you had Tom Cruise, like going and campaigning at theaters to get the showings. Like that's, that shouldn't have to happen. No. Like I could tell you right now, no. going back, like when you had, Okay, when when Spider Man No Way Home came out, it was it was shown in IMAX theaters. It was what was there for the month, and then you had something else. Like it was you had these things like The Dark Knight or you know the other Mission Impossible movies, and now they're they're just putting it so they're 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 putting it so close together where they have to almost compromise, and people aren't going to want to see some of these big spectacle films in small digital theaters. Correct. I mean, when, when the original Top Gun came out, it was in the theaters for nine months. What? I remember seeing, so I, I used to cover- I did not know that. I used to cover, you know, movies and TV, and that was what I did as a job. And so I don't even think, I don't think it was big the first few weeks. Of, I mean, there was movies that weren't big for the first few weeks or first few months that have become cult classics, right? Like. And again, Jurassic like, Park, Jurassic Park did not go to home theater release or home video release for a year after it was released in the theater. You're right, you're right about that, actually. And, you know, and somebody and I saw it on Twitter. Um, somebody made a fantastic point. The way the movies are being pushed out, like literally pumped out and taken out. Nothing has time to even become a cult classic anymore mm. to simmer with the audiences. Like like we we can recall so many movies right now that are like so bad, so good or true cult classics i think mm -hmm. we're done with that i can't think yeah. of a single movie right now that's gonna earn earn that position earn that title because it's just being taken out there's no time for people to to grab it you know and there's just so yeah. much out there like and it's almost as if a, if a movie doesn't make the the amount of money in the first couple of weeks it's like it's like i remember mm -hmm. okay if you guys don't know i'm just gonna say this out there um as of today guardians of the galaxy is available to purchase on digital Oh. Um, so if you want to go, you know, and, and I'll, let me be honest with you as well. It's not the cost of digital like Mario brothers was where it was like 29 99 to, to get it. It's oh $19 to own the film with bonus features and everything else. Um, and so you can get it on digital yeah. and it's supposed to release, I think on Blu-ray and DVD and whatever else in like August 1st. Okay. So we could expect it to be on Disney plus at that time. But everyone's like, well, you know, it, it didn't do that great as a Marvel film. It didn't hit. It, it did $800 million oh, globally. That's still nothing to like shake your head at. That's an it was a good, solid film. Don't don't talk badly, especially don't talk badly about that, because I will. I, I get I get vile when it nah, people say anything negative. That's about a great we, That's a great literally, show. before I came down to do the show, we were watching it upstairs Um and it's it it not only does it mean a lot to us now as a family because of the premiere mm -hmm. and everything else, but just right, you know, that that was a, a a franchise where it wasn't a solid bet. It was it was something different. I think that's where you talk risk. about like Marvel and stuff, they risked they risked a lot putting these new characters on the screen. But that's and they, right they did character development. That's it. That's it. It's character like I think the future, like I was trying to say before, the future of Marvel has to be building solid stories about the characters let's we were down we're, we're past the point of will i see iron man do the unibeam or am i gonna see am i gonna see like ant-man turn giant 
Um, <laughs> right. We're going to see everything and anything, yeah. whatever they, whatever they force the, the SFX people to do, you know, in their 130 hours a week that they have to, you know, render films, they can do anything now, but what they need to continue to do is develop good stories and writing. And that's the thing. And that's why I think guardians did so well. I think that's why Wakanda forever did so well, because mm -hmm. you had people who, who cared about the stories writing mm -hmm. them and directing them oh absolutely and that's what we need there's when you I, and again i love most mcu like there's rarely a film in mcu that i genuinely hate you know what i mean like there's some that i dislike but there's just so much material out there like at least in comic books and the, it's out there it's just and guardians is a fantastic example of taking a risk on something so obscure that only maybe a niche group of nerds knew and then James Gunn, I think he really cared when he put those characters on, on screen. Wrote a really good script and kept it as wild as it is. You have a mm -hmm. talking tree and a raccoon. It is still very intimate and self-contained. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you cannot make a mistake when you have characters that are actually having conversations that aren't like exposition, info dumping, like scolding or lecturing the audience. It's just a bunch of characters BSing together. And it worked. <laughs> it's probably the best... Um, trilogy in mcu i would say not as good as blade trilogy but that's personal i'm not gonna get into that <laughs> the whole thing i will say also um i think a sign that's not really story related um that shows you i mean we i don't know you guys have seen i'm sure the we're getting so many comments it's insane i'm sure you guys have seen that i think it was for across the spider verse which is another fantastic film um but I think other films as well, they're pumping them out so fast and so much that now we have technical problems because they're not taking the time. So like a lot of them got pulled back for audio issues. So like mm -hmm. it's not yeah. even having, I mean, I, I, mean I, I know from content perspective, we know how content is getting faster and faster and there's other mm -hmm. you know, now, um, and AI, <laughs> which is another whole other thing. But I think the fact that things are getting faster and faster and there's less thought to it and there's less accountability and checks and, and and things like that that's a really a big sign of that too because again you know audio issues i think there's been um it took a while for people to realize that again this is a problem that there was multiple movies out there for across the spider verse where there's there's two or three different versions that have different lines yeah and i, I think we know for sure there's at least seven versions seven versions out there with different, and it's not like major differences. They're just different lines that happen. Like, you know, Scarlet Spider has a different line in here or whatever, but it's interesting. And the fact that that wasn't a thing, because there was so much other white noise out there. And the fact that that wasn't a thing the week of the movie and people being like, wait, I went twice and I heard a different line. Are you crazy? That's crazy. Like, how crazy is that? It yeah. took about a month for it to really kind of percolate. And I think that's a sign of like how fast things are, faster things are moving and the quality has gone down. Just not the movies and the stories, but the product itself. You know, I remember when the DTS was a big thing, and you got the sound, and and now we're having like movies go back to the the, the drawing board because the the pictures aren't working and the sound isn't working, and that's really sad because it's like okay, like you're probably cutting jobs and you're just pumping these things out and you're trying to make it and wait till AI gets involved and that's going to be a whole other thing. Well, I think, well, I, mean, I think it also, yeah. it also kills something that's kind of important for like films is like the Easter eggs or even like finding like those, those mess ups, like the, let's say the, the Starbucks cup in you know, game of Thrones or, you know, <laughs> whether it's the guy in jeans and Mandalorian, 
But then you have Disney, like like especially like with Disney Plus, where you go back and you watch something and it was something done wrong, where that could have been a talking point down the road and like something just like the yo, did you know that Aragon broke his toe when he kicked that helmet? Um, or you know, it it then becomes this thing where they go back and they just digitally redo it so that it's gone and it takes away from the initial experience. I remember remember watching Jurassic Park for the first time and to my knowledge there is a scene in Jurassic Park that was that was in the film when I saw it in theaters that is not in any of the releases I've seen since and it's where Ellie Sattler is driving in the Jeep and she grabs the plant. Like you always see her when she's coming with the plant and she says this shouldn't be here. But there is a whole scene where I remember seeing when I watched in the theaters where she grabs the plant as they're driving by. And that's when she starts analyzing it. And then she makes the comment, this shouldn't be here. Um, and so it's like things like that, that when you when you have those differences or have those changes for whatever the reason is, you wonder why they would do that. And the the the, the mistakes going back to drawing board, I remember, uh, what was it, uh, Sony with Cats. Um, they had to they had to pull back, and this is pre-pandemic, because they had what was it, trans, they had cat. translucent they had translucent characters and cat buttholes. So it's oh weird. <laughs> such weird. a weird movie. Like what the hell? That was a fever dream. <laughs> but we also should mention the fact that uh, VFX artists are being utterly taken advantage of. Like yes. If the product is bad um, and it doesn't look good on screen, whatever that means by somebody's definition, like they're working on so many things at the same time, these endless hours, underpaid, under a lot of pressure because students just want to pump content out. Uh, I think that needs to be addressed very much so. And if AI gets yeah. involved, like you said, like, oh my God, we are, yeah. I mean, I, you know, me and Tony have talked about this. I, I look, Let's all enjoy the time we have left because I do think the robots. Skynet's coming. We'll be gone in five, ten years. It's fine. It is what it is. But <laughs> if it's if it's the if it's the Terminator Genesis Skynet, I think we're okay. I just <laughs> like. Oh my goodness! I I just I can't I can't. Wasn't it Amelia Clark was in one of those, right? Yeah, yeah. Genesis, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like she was one of the good parts. Then yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's AI. We could go. We could go down a rabbit hole. We could, oh, yeah. I mean, voiceover. I was shocked when I mean, again, as a Star Wars fan and someone who I, you have someone like I mean, I, I, we've said this in the past, and I'll be quick so we don't veer off. But when you have yeah. someone as accomplished as a voiceover actor as Mark Hamill, uh, mm. who is just, just I, I love it. I, I mean, when I watched the Flash and the Trickster came on, and clearly it was a um, a Joker spoof, and he's he does that voice so well. I, <laughs> Then to find out in The Mandalorian that that actually wasn't Mark Hamill, but it was re-engineered audio from past Star Wars movies. And it's the most disappointing thing. And I think, I, you know, hopefully what's going on now with the WGA, like th there's some kind of regulations put in quick because yes. I've been saying this and this is, again, we will veer off topic. My wife's always like, when you guys talk serious, I, I glaze over, but it's fine. Like, <laughs> I will say this. I was part of a, a like there was an AI conference that I was a part of and watching and um, they were talking about ad adoption rates and, you know, Facebook, you know, had the curve and eventually went up and, you know, uh, all these things had the curve and curve. AI is a straight line up. It is the most adapted. I think it was five million 
a chat GPT was 5 million downloads in like five days um, when it was released. So it is the fastest adopted technology we've ever seen. And so if they don't move fast, it's going to be a, it may be a billion already. I don't know. It will be take over the world and there will be no turning back. And so with the voice technology, someone was saying that if you do two lines, they can take your voice and do the anything they want. So it's just, oh, it's, it's also, oh God, it's also going down the road for scans. Um, people are getting phone calls from their children <clears throat> stating that they're, they've been kidnapped and it's all AI generated voices now. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is I agree. Point, yes, though. Brian. Good That's point. a great point. Yeah. Absolutely. But that, that is a very unique situation, you know, with Val Kilmer's consent and everything to do that. You know what I mean? Like, to give a person their voice back. Correct. That's an amazing idea. Amazing. Yeah, right, right. And again, Maverick, what a movie. What a movie experience. Like, I, I can't yeah. remember the last time I felt the way I felt. Oh, Mickey. <laughs> Poor Mickey. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, Mickey, I'm a, I'm a writer. So my job, my, my career is over, basically. Buddy, right? buddy, you're always going to have a job with Nerd Initiative. You know that. We've always got to do voiceovers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, speaking of that, let's take a quick break. Um, we have got Mickey employed to do, you know, um, he is going to uh, give us a top five since Fandoms University is on summer break. So Mickey, take it away. Do we really need another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles renaissance? Yeah. Yeah, we do. What's up, all you fans, geeks, and nerds? It's your boy, Professor CWK, but Fandoms U is on summer break for this show. Tonight, we're going with CWK's Top 5. And with a hot new revival of the 80s powerhouse franchise, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I thought, what other franchises could use a revival? Starting out at number 5, I'm going with Jim and the Holograms. Any guy my age would probably not tell you in a public space that he watched Jim and the Holograms. But you get him behind closed doors and he'll let you know when He-Man and Masters of the Universe credits rolled, he stayed glued to that TV for Jim and the Holograms. Believe it or not, Jim belonged in a shared universe with G.I. Joe, Transformers, and the Inhumanoids. We're talking about a sci-fi superhero music industry soap opera with corporate intrigue. And, relating today, a lot of stuff with AI. Coming in at number four, Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light. Knights of the Magical Light is about the planet of Prismos, a futuristic society that collapses after its three suns align, creating a massive EMP pulse. And without technology, they return to the magic of old. And to protect people from evil dark lords, the Spectral Knights are formed, where each of them have like an animal totem that comes out of their armor chest plate, and when activates it, transforms the wearer into that animal. And this could totally be retcon to Earth, like where like maybe AI creates the destruction, like a Terminator situation, and these knights are formed out of old magic to fight against that AI. At number three, not so much a cartoon as it is a video game, but Mega Man. Mega Man's a popular video game franchise, first released by Capcom in 1987. The game's about the adventures of a blue robot named Mega Man, who was originally created by Dr. Light to help fight against the evil robots created by Dr. Wily. Mega Man's evolved over the years, with various games and adaptations exploring different aspects of the character and his world. However, the core concept of a heroic robot fighting against evil robots has remained a constant throughout the franchise. Again, I think this would be pretty cool to adapt to today's society and our fears of technology and you know, AI again. 
At number two, I've got Robotech. And it was actually a combination of three anime series, the Super Dimension Fortress Macross, Super Dimension Cavalry Southern Cross, and Genesis Climber Mospita. They were all edited together and dubbed into English to create a single cohesive story. Robotech was set in the year 1999, where an alien spacecraft crashes on Earth and sparks a global conflict. Surviving humans reverse engineer alien technology and use it to create giant transforming robots called Veritech fighters, which are used to defend the planet against further alien attacks. Robotech is known for its complex and mature storytelling, which deals with themes of war, love, and sacrifice. The, the series also features memorable characters, impressive mecha designs, and a memorable soundtrack. With how hot anime is right now, with a big budget summer blockbuster, I feel like Robotech could take over. Now, I may be a little biased on my number one, but trust me, it would be awesome. If you don't know, the Thundercats is based on the adventures of a group of humanoid felines who are fleeing their dying planet of Thundera and crash land on a new planet called Third Earth. And it also featured memorable characters, action-packed storylines, and an iconic theme song. It had a lasting impact on pop culture and had become a beloved classic among fans of animation and science fiction. There's five franchises that I think should be revived and could make amazing movie franchises going forward. Or you know, TV or animation. We're just giving them toys, man. <laughs> I'm Cell Phone Wallet Keys. That's my top five. Uh, class will be back in session soon with Fandom's You. But until then, I don't know. Go watch some cartoons or something. All right? Have a good night. The deep cuts. The deep cuts. Oh, my goodness. Like, and I did not even know. I, I didn't even think about the fact that he he touched on AI like a number of times in the different different episodes. I got it. I will say though, Mega Man. I could go on for I don't know how long. Great, one of the greatest games in history. I will say though, Thundercats. Uh, we were able to last year uh, at Terrificon, which is a great convention by the way for people that don't know in Connecticut. Um, we were able to meet Larry. I think Lawrence Kinney or Larry Kinney, who's the voice of Thundercats, and he. I always love this. Me and Tony had an experience like this at C two E two. He goes everywhere, at least when we were there with his wife. And so you have this like jolly older man and his wife. And it, it was just, it was a great experience. So I, I will always support Thundercats because of just, just that, like just a delightful person. So yeah, bring it back, please. Cause it's great. Yeah. So that was great. Now, now I'm going to go ahead and touch on something that I have no experience or knowledge on but this is because i am married and i'm going to make <laughs> sure that my wife has something to watch so she stays awake um so literary talk you jump into a lot of different things and one of those things that you talk you you jump into is bridgerton oh god um so please talk about it for a minute give us your thoughts what your hopes are for the series maybe with what you what we did with the, the i guess the last season or whatever they just did mm -hmm. with the prequel to it um yeah go ahead make my wife happy um so yeah are you sure <laughs> that bridgerton was my unhinged era on tiktok it was it was it was pretty wild um i read all of the books by julia quinn like probably a decade ago like if you asked me details i probably wouldn't be able to recall them so when i heard that shonda rhimes was doing it for um netflix i was obviously very excited so and then the cast came out and everybody's like beautiful. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, season one, 
it was good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have some critiques of it, the way some of the storylines were kind of handled. But then, like, season two is, like, bread and butter of this this entire thing. So um, it's a historical romance, which I think, like, American media, especially Western media here, lacks it severely. Like, build good tension, good chemistry between actors, like, good romance in general, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. everything, especially, like, in the superhero genre, Star Wars and all that, it feels very, I don't know if I can even say this, like, sexless. Like, there's no romance like you know what i mean like it just feels very you made this comment you you did a video about this too about the fact that correct not having romance because i remember you talking about the wednesday Mm -hmm. show where it's like the lack of romance is not necessarily a good thing Mm -hmm. you have to be able to have that because it's a natural natural development right to me like um in in marvel there's some like at least mcu films i mean when i say i'm marvel like i refer to mcu i just want to make that clear like it just to me just severely lacks any sort Mm. of romance so, so does star wars and when they try to do romance every, it's tragic somebody dies and it's like these are natural things that people experience all the time and it gives an additional layer of like motivation for you to fight even more gives you a little mm-hmm. bit more conflict but it's just it just seems very empty of it and when you're so deeply seated into the nerd fandoms um with marvel with star wars with dcu like it just feels very dry like mm-hmm. everybody's hot and no one's horny. Have you guys read that article that came out on um, uh, what was it? What was um, I can't think of the, the the website now. Like it touched upon Chris Evans and the way his body is portrayed in the movies. Very like, and Chris Evans were the store. Like everybody's hot, but no one like wants anybody. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> very dignified, so, basically. Right, correct. Yeah. It's very yeah. like sexualized, but nothing is sexy. Does that? makes sense yeah so, there's no passion there's, there, there's no there's no like you like you, you should have like this 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 natural attraction of the character or like right. a relate like that would build into a relationship Correct. it's it, like I, I i thought that was weird back in um what was it captain america winter soldier where you had this flirting between natasha, uh, natasha romanoff and steve but it was it was such a platonic like flirting it was because nothing. like they would flirt and then all of a sudden, hey, did you think about this person in accounting? Like right. it, it, it just it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't make sense only to then be like the butt of a joke at the beginning of Age of Ultron Thank where it's you. like, I know how she flirts. And right. like, well, what do you mean about that? So, yeah, I, well, I, I, I get what you're saying. With, with Banner and her was like it was weird about chemistry whatsoever. I mean, was that weird. was just kind of like, wait, what? They're going to run off together. And like well, it's, that like, whole movie, that? like really struck me, struck me to me. I did not appreciate the, that storyline like at all um, in Age of Ultron. It's one of my least favorite MCU films, just the way Natasha was handled. Um, and what I find so ironic and kind of funny and sad at the same time, like they had something to, in my opinion, at least the way it was framed, like with Natasha and Clint, it was, they had something mm-hmm. like implication yeah. was there. And I want to make it clear before, you know, people come after me for this i am not demanding that the romance be central part of these stories like to be a plot driving device it just needs to be infused here and there like mm-hmm. not all of these people are extremely beautiful and sexy and no one wants anybody it is weird that is a weird behavior to me like so when bridgerton came in it injected some energy into the like the romance genre like because everything else feels so dry or when it's done it's like so quick. There's no tension building. Like there's no passion involved. Like so Bridget, especially specifically season two, because it builds on one of my favorite tropes in books, like enemies to lovers, not to get too corny, but like it does it really well because 
it can be a dangerous trope. Let me don't get me wrong. It can wear off into toxic territories. But the mm-hmm. way at least season two did it, neither Kate or Anthony or their animosity is not used to humiliate each other, to hurt each other on a personal mm-hmm. level. They just their personalities are clashing. That's about it. As far as mm-hmm. power structure, obviously, there's imbalance, him being a male, her being a female and a woman of color. So there's obviously that imbalance in in those aspects but for the most part the way their dynamic works is they're bickering but they're not hurting each other does that make sense Mm, so that was to me is a perfect example of doing enemies to lovers in the right way and it's one of the main reasons why that season gripped gripped us so hard (laughs) like Mm. everybody was talking about it for a while like i couldn't escape it and i didn't did not want to escape it and then uh they announced uh, Penelope and Colin season, which that's like some of the shots came out, like some of the official photos came out. I'm very excited for it. I think it's coming out next year, if I believe. So. I, I'm not sure. But in between, they did a spin-off series on Queen Charlotte when she was younger and her mm. relationship with King George. To me, like that was an unexpected treat because I had no idea what they were going to do with that. And the way they portrayed like mental illness, the way they, uh, yeah. the way they addressed uh, 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 the... the Charlotte being a woman of color again, marrying into a rich white family, and again I can't speak on it. I'm being not being part of that community, but they've sure. included that th- those parts in that series, which was unexpected and refreshing. And the romance was again, it was sexy, it was nice, it was the dialogue was there, grand speeches, all of that. Like, yeah, it's it was it was so unexpectedly good, like mm. almost almost better than Kate and Anthony season. But I just love Kate and Anthony so much. For me, it's and nothing will top them. So, well, I think, I think mm-hmm. like, again, this is like a, not a genre that I'm really ever, I've been interested in. I understand. Just because I understand. I'm that kind of person, but I will tell you, like one of the things that like, that we try to do in like my wife and I's relationship is mm-hmm. if there's something that I'm not interested in, I will at least sit down and let her explain right. what's going on. And I may not remember a lot because as a, I'm typical male, I glaze over <laughs> stuff sometimes, but I remember that she was most emotionally moved with understanding fully Queen Charlotte's relationship yes. with like, sure. like that, that, that made her emotional to the point of where like she was in tears because there was the, 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 the evidence of love that was there. And like that, that struck me as something that was like, yeah, it's like you, you kind of like you, even if I had not watched show or I've not been interested in it or anything like that. And you, you think I would, because I, I even like heard like, like they they contemporize like they take contemporary music and then they make it more yes yeah and like they they like you have that there and of course me being a big fan of like a knight's tale and things like that like i like oh, yeah. how they kind of made like modern things more accustomed to the time or the era um but that that move how she was moved by that that, that struck me even from a person mm-hmm. who doesn't watch the show so. it, this the queen charlotte isn't in, in particular elevated certain certain things even higher than previous season it really touched up on some on some real themes real issues that you see even in our own world you know what i mean but still made it on that in that time frame where where the story it's set like it, it just it worked on every level like i wish we had even more episodes than what we got so um i'm so sorry my cat is just being chaotic i really well, i was actually gonna, I, I, I actually <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, I actually if was there like, wasn't a cat really, we would have I'd, a I'd love to i'd love to catch <laughs> i'm i'm a animal fanatic so for me i was like 
I saw the cat peeking in. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, you know, I, I will be honest. I was wondering here. if like the cat would like jump on the ledge behind you and just start knocking fungos over. It's like, oh, they no. would be kicked out. No, no, no. <laughs> which which brings us punishment. <laughs> yeah, which brings us to one more thing that I want to talk about. But we've got one more segment we're going to do. And then uh -huh. I want to talk to you about those Funkos because yes. the video you did about it, I love the story behind it. So um, let me go ahead and let Pooja get us with her picks for the week and then we'll be back. Hey everyone, welcome to Pooja's Picks. My name is Pooja and I'm here to bring you the latest in movie news. Let's take a look at what's currently playing and what's coming soon. Directed by Adele Lim, Joyride is the raunchy comedy movie that I've been waiting for all year, and it's finally in theaters. The film follows two childhood best friends, Audrey and Lolo, a cousin named Deadeye, and a former roommate, Kat, as they embark on a journey to China to discover Audrey's birth parents. The film stars Ashley Park, Sherry Cola, Stephanie Hsu, and Sabrina Wu. To see an outrageous and over-the-top comedy with queer Asians leading the show is a sight to see, and I'm so excited to watch it. We welcome horror and Halloween in July. If you're a fan of the Insidious series, then make your way to the box office for Insidious The Red Door. The film serves as a directorial debut for Patrick Wilson himself as he returns to the center stage. The film is set 10 years after the events of Insidious 2 as Josh's son Dalton heads off to university. However, when his haunting nightmares make a return, Josh and Dalton must return to the further to put an end to the horror. If you're looking for frights in the middle of summer, this could be the movie for you this month. From Searchlight Pictures is a new comedy film theater camp, which centers around a scrappy summer theater camp in upstate New York. When its founder falls into a coma, financial ruin becomes more and more likely, and the founder's son Troy must team up with teachers and students to save the camp before opening night or risk losing everything. If you were ever part of the theater scene, you know how chaotic it can get, and theater camp seems to capture the essence of that chaos with immense amounts of comedy. Well, that's all that we have for today. Be sure to tune in to the next episode of Fandoms for more Pooja's Picks. Until then, back to Tony and Michael. And if you don't know, Pooja makes some of the best recommendations um, mm -hmm. that I've seen. They see they may seem mainstream, but let me be honest. Last episode, Pooja mentioned an animated show that, that was releasing on Netflix last week, Nimona. Yes! And it is, it is by far so good. The most fun I've had watching something that I knew nothing about. You know, it's based off of a of a of a, of a, a book, novel, yeah. but it's but it's absolutely it's absolutely a pleasure. It's it's joyful. Just like the the concept of you know breaking past the the kind of like the the titles that you're given this idea of her being a monster because she's different and that, you know, sometimes just following the old ways are not the right ways. And there, there, it was, just, it was just a really great story. And I, I, I loved it. In fact, um, stream lounge just, just uh, closed their site down. That was the last thing that I watched with them. I ended up watching with the CEO and we were both in there in the chat. Like I did not expect this to be what this was. It was irreverent. It was funny. And it was, it was just a great story. 
So. And Riz Ahmed is the voice of uh, Ballister, which I didn't know. It was great. I uh, love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love Michael, it. if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. It it, 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 was, it was worth it. It's 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 a lot of fun. I oh, actually so sat good. there, kind of really caught up into it. So, like, who I thought like that futuristic like medieval society would be interesting? Like, would be a concept? <laughs> exactly right. right? Like, crazy. I was, like I was just sitting there, like you had cell phones and 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 and, and nights. Yeah, it was just crazy. <laughs> it was it was it was wild. Now, like I said, I wanted to touch on the Funko Pops. Now, a lot of people collect yes. Funko Pops to just collect Funko Pops. Mm -hmm. Um, you did a video a while back. I think this was mm -hmm. last year or so, where you said that it you had a specific reason for the Funko Pops that you collected, and I want you to share that because I think it's really cool. Like I think because you did that, because I was very apprehensive about collecting Funkos, oh, I got God. to a point where I was okay not getting full sets, and I just got what I wanted. Right. Um, but but go for it. You. you take it take it away so like i never collected them before i just don't have space like i have a I, I can barely organize all of this here like and i so when i decided to start buying them they have to be something that i'm really passionate about so like one thing that i wanted to clear out i want to get all of them was like daenerys targaryen funkos but mm -hmm. to go back a few years later my first Funko Pop ever was Daenerys and Jon Snow when I got married because they were our cake toppers. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I still have those Funkos and they're here. Like the Jon Snow has cake, old cake stuck in it <laughs> that I try to clear out as much as I possibly could. So, and I've always had it and I had Captain Marvel and I had uh, Wonder Woman and that was the extent of it. So, and all of a sudden like, I went on Amazon. They were like on sale. A few of the Star Wars ones that I really wanted, like Luke. <laughs> like I love Luke. He's my favorite Star Wars character. So, and it just sort of like became a thing. And they're cute. They're adorable. They're always true to character. And then mm -hmm. you know people send them to me from my wish list on my birthday. And it was just like this whole thing. And I'm like now I like I'm looking for like really specific and unique ones. Like I want to show. This is the one that I've been looking for everywhere. It's oh, that's 19, cool. 1992 Storm. X-Men animated one. Wow. She, this is my favorite thing I own. Like I had a hard time finding her cause they're expensive. <laughs> yeah. So like very special. So um, like those are the kinds that I buy, the ones that are just very unique to me um, and yeah, like, to what yeah. I like. So, yeah. cause I don't want to just buy them as they come along with every show I watch. Yeah. Like I, I hyper-focus on the character or I hyper-focus on the TV show or movie. And I try to like get all of that. Like I have all of Daenerys's funk, all of them. I yeah. went on like a mission to buy every single one of them. And one of them was actually a gift for one of your contributors. So Amira, I love you. I still have her. She's up there. So that's, that's one awesome. of my favorites. So yeah. Um, but that's the story behind the Funkos. It's just me essentially buying characters that I love and looking at them because I like them. So yeah, it's, just, I, I, it's a matter of space now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people buy them because they, there's this there's this urgency that complete sets and everything else. And I think correct. I was afraid of ever getting into it because I have that mentality of wanting to complete mm. things. And I watched your video where you're talking about like, if I don't like it or if I don't want it, I'm not going to get it. Correct. And, and, and that spoke to me to the point of where I've got a lot of Funkos, um, mm -hmm. but there are ones that I wanted. Like I can go to a Funk, I can go through and I can look at them and be like, wow, all of these, these Funkos look fantastic. Right. But I only want that one. Like that's the only one that I really care about. Right. Right. And, right. and it makes it, it makes it a lot more enjoyable when you can build like I, I have this thing where it's like if i have at least one character regardless of what property it's from uh -huh. that i that i want like 
I'm good with that. Like I have, I have a big group behind me, but I'm not like in a like rush to get like all of the groups. You know, I just like the ones that I saw that I liked, and you know, it's like Rocket. You know, getting Rocket, yes. you know, getting certain I've... characters that that yeah. speak to you. Um, but mad respect to the people who who have those mad. massive collections mm-hmm. and um, space for it. So, big question is: yeah. Do you keep them in the box? That's no. the question. That's right? the question. No, I do. I realize I'm not gonna. I'm I not mean, gonna. Are you box right now? My wife always gets scared when I when I. <laughs> When I um, pull my camera off, which it's not working, because it's like, hold on. Um, so, so I, while he's doing that, let me say, like, I have one entire set mm-hmm. that was the majority were given to me by followers on TikTok, uh-huh. and it's the it's the the art series Avengers, the mm-hmm. Infinity Saga, where it's like each Avenger is a different color. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those, I, are, those cool. are those came in. Those came in like the hard boxes with a sealed wrap. I kept those where they're at. And then the only other Funko that I have that is still in the box is the gingerbread Thor diamond edition. Um, Because someone sent it to me from like, they were in, they were overseas and they sent it to me. And, but I have all the other gingerbread uh, Funko pops that are, that are out and open because I feel like if the box isn't sealed, it's meant to be opened. Oh, you know, that's what you always say. I my biggest confusion is so my like my current addiction is two things is telling a scene and you're going to really like love this. So like we won't go too long, but um, is they have the regular four inch Funkos to compare. Right. So you have like this Captain America Funko mm-hmm. and then you have like the bigger ones. Right. Um, and then there's also like scenes. So like my obsession currently so this like mark ruffalo sign funko has oh, the cool that says that's my secret cap i'm always angry <laughs> but like for me that's that's the thing that makes me the happiest like when i when i get like an autograph or when i set up to try to get an autograph or whatever it is i don't want to do it unless i have the ability to do something fun or funny um like with i when we ha- met karen gillen uh at awesome con she wrote idiots in like all caps and signed it. Hilarious. And so I sent it in to get signed by Palm and her quote's going to be, what's an idiot. Um, and so if I can't <laughs> do that, I, like that's my thing. And yeah. JJ will appreciate this one and I'm waiting to get it back. Cause it's, and it's not going to happen until after NYCC. It is going to be my, one of my favorite things that I own. It is the battle on Mustafar. <gasps> between, but wait, this gets better between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Uh-huh. I had Hayden sign it and write, you underestimate my power. No. And Obi-Wan is going to say what you could imagine he's going to say. Um, don't try it. I have the high ground. No. And so for me, that will be one of the coolest things I own. That is a holy uh, grail. <laughs> yeah, and it's just really fun. And it's not about value or anything like that. I think it's more about no. the meaning to you, right? Like, oh. and so I think like... To me, that's what that's that's my obsession. The other thing I was going to mention is, and me and Tony have had a debate, and this is a really good question. You brought it, and it's coming full circle. And then I'll shut up. Is the comic covers? I love like they're like mm-hmm. twenty bucks pop. They're really cool, but they come wrapped in the cellophane plastic. So my question is, because then you know, regular phones. I can answer that one for you. Is is like what do you do? Because if you want to, do you want to get it signed on? 
a pla- it's like it's wrapped in plastic. So it's so like, it's wrapped in plastic on the okay. inside. So you can take it out of the oh, box. That's, that's awesome. And then all I did was I just transferred the sticker to the plastic so I could have that. Oh, box. good move. Okay, okay. Because I have ones that I've never taken. I don't know what to do. I'm like caught. I'm like, uh, what do I do? So that's a good. That's actually good that you take the stickers off and stuff. So that was my question. Basically. But I still keep the boxes. And I'm gonna be very honest with you. My wife just posted in here. I'm gonna show hers. They're literally watching upstairs, and my mom wants to know where are my boxes. And my boxes are all thrown in a back room, like they're stacked up either behind a chair over here. Like I, I, I'm. You don't break them down and make them flat. That's what I do. I make them flat. I, I did that for my. Flat, I did that like... for my brown boxes for my Hot Toys figures, mm-hmm. but for like my like Legos and everything else, if you were to open my Daily Bugle Lego box, it's full of other Lego boxes. Oh my god! <laughs> I have a hard time getting rid of getting rid of boxes. It's I'm a hoarder. It it's just how it is. Yeah, I have to find true. some way to I'm gonna die that one. I've been I've been getting I've been getting all mine out of the box and immediately recycling the box. Otherwise, it gets crazy. It gets really crazy. And oh, yeah. the thing the thing with me like now is I feel like I'm catching up to the the years I've missed as a nerd. Like I was always very alone in my interests, at least in the group of friends that I that I had. And it wasn't very cool to like Star Wars or like I was really into Lord of the Rings in high school. Like it was it was intense. Me and this girl, we would literally get Legolas ears like and walk like that, like total idiots, but like really into it. It wasn't really cool. We got made fun of a lot. So I was by myself and most of my most of my fans when I now that I really think about it and then internet became a thing you access forums and people are not very nice (laughs) to to girls online that like lord of the rings and star wars so that was kind of rough so it was just me kind of in my own head with it and then like internet got a little more prominent social media and then like i made tiktok account during pandemic like we all did and all of a sudden sudden you find like all these communities of people that are like-minded about your age they like the same stuff that you do. And you're like, where, where has this been my whole life? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm catching up now. So like, I was never a collector before. I would, but it wasn't cool. But not, I didn't even have money. Let's be real. This stuff is very expensive. <laughs> and then you get adult money that you can spend it on dumb yeah. stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I feel like I'm like catching up at least on all my, I don't have nearly as much stuff as most of, most of people do. Like when I look at collections, like your backgrounds and all that, I'm like, that's awesome, really, and I wish I was there, but I'm not. So, so space wise, it's it's tough to commit to Funkos constantly because yeah. they do take up a lot of room. The only one I kept in the box that I'm gonna keep in the box is this uh, Sith Eye Anakin. Ah, he, he is the coolest. This is the coolest Funko I have. One oh, of the coolest. My, so good. No, I, actually, no, Daenerys in King's Landing. This is the one. Oh, it's so cool. See, now watching the show. I I I want to go back, and I know they're going to be expensive, but it's like she she was a little pricey, but it worth every penny. I love her so much, and I have actually two. First time she takes Drogon for the ride. That's that so, so cool. cool. And then when she burns King's Landing, so I have all of that. I mean, when I set up my room, my and that 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 kind of that double that doubles down on what you're. I'm getting tired. This doubles down on what you were saying. Um, what you have with the the, Denari- the two Daenerys ones. Mm-hmm. I was like, where should I put this? What should I do? She always says basically, what story do you want to tell? Right? Like that's oh. the thing. Like, like I have a Batman area. I have like a Avengers area. Like it's it's all about, and I again, to, 
for people that don't know, like, obviously, I, I feel like I don't have to say it, but there's no right or wrong way to collect clearly to collect exactly. these things or what to do. Like, you know, I, I think there's debates all, all, all day long. Um, but I think it's fun to be like, Hey, if you enjoy them, that's, that's the only important thing. That's it. Um, that's it. That's it. That's literally it. That's, that's the, the only right way to do it is just enjoy it and have fun with it, no matter what it is, you know, and that's it. Yeah, that's how exactly. I am with everything I, I buy now, whether it be shirts or lounge fly backpacks or these toys. Like I enjoy having, I enjoy caring, I enjoy looking at it. It makes me happy. I Now I'm an adult. I have adult money. I can afford it. So, yeah. <laughs> Catching up to my teenage years and my <laughs> early teens and tweens and all that. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to kind of let, let us like end this on a very mm -hmm. positive note. And we, we, we sometimes start off with like nerd origin stories, which mm -hmm. you kind of gave us a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but really like, I, I think the biggest thing that I could say is cause I, and I'm, and I apologize if this sounds like I'm just kind of like, like, like really like talking you up here, but, um, knowing you and knowing what you've done with your content, first of all, even as 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 a male looking at mm -hmm. your content, I have learned that there are very there, there there are a lot of people that you have to like wonder like you know does it challenge my worldview? Does it challenge my perception of things? And whenever I've gone to watch your your videos mm -hmm. or even like with talking with you, you know whatever your thought process has challenged what I have thought or how I perceived, it's always been a good point for me to be able to go back and do self introspection mm -hmm. and, and see like, am I coming from the right place with this? Do I really understand this? And first of all, I wanted to thank you for, for you being that because I feel like a lot of the, 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 the difficult people that you have to deal with sometimes are people who could really take a moment to step back and kind of do some self reflection because I've never seen you do a video where you've just been hateful to anyone. It's always been metered and, you know, it's been with a good response and with fact and really kind of like trying to teach people. And so thank you for that. Um, but at the same time, you know, whether, you know, it's, let's say someone who's just trying to get into a fandom, whether it, you know, let's say it's toxic, like star Wars or anything else. And especially right. being like being, being um, a, a woman and, mm -hmm going into a space that sometimes has been predominantly male, mm -hmm. what recommendations would you give to someone so that they, you know, kind of set some things in place for them, for them to, you know, also be able to share their opinion, but also be prepared to kind of combat some of the negative opinions that they're going to get. Um, and again, I can only speak for my own experience. I personally, I have pretty tough skin it's very difficult to hurt my feelings. Like you can hurt my feelings by hating on a character that I love, but saying something to me mean is not going to hurt my feelings. But that's, that's me. I, I, that's how I am. Um, the, what I would recommend is try to get in, in a community. Like you can mm. kind of gauge people that interact constantly with each other, sort of mm. start in their comment section, interact with their posts. Like, Maybe start a video here, here and there, like tag them and like, what do you think about this? Here's a theory, like small steps to get into place where you find like-minded people. And you do that by simply making the content that you want to make. And if people like that, they're going to flock to it. And more you make it, the more you sort of build the audience, number one. Number two, you have other creators that watch your stuff that are like-minded and interact in that way. I wish I can say it's all breezy and ideal and utopian. It's not. You're going to you're going to be engaging with a lot of hateful behavior. So 
initially when I started making content, was I a little bit spicier than maybe I wanted to? Maybe to some extent, but I want to set the tone. That mm-hmm. kind of rhetoric, just not welcome. Like, I'm not going to be nice about it. And sure. for me, it's much easier to see what, who's coming at me in good faith. Like, are you challenging me or are you just being straight up like mm-hmm. hateful towards something? So if I feel like I'm, I can maybe change my mind on something, if you're being like, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're thinking about your thought. There's a thought process behind your question, whether I like it or not. Like I can engage with that. But if you're just posting straight up misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, racist and bigoted stuff, we are done because I'm I'm not here to educate you. I'm sorry. You're a grown mm-hmm. person like like self-reflect for a little bit. Maybe I was trying that in the beginning and it does take a toll. Let me tell you, the, yeah. more, the yeah. more you engage with like, especially misogynistic behavior, it, it gets tough. Like, am yeah. I really this unwanted here? Am I really this dislike? And once you get, at least I did, I get past that where mm-hmm. I can just like brush it off again. Right now, you cannot hurt my feelings. You can talk crap about Daenerys and then I can, it's on site, but you cannot hurt me. <laughs> so, but I've gotten, it's been three years. Like I've sort of gotten into pretty decent sp- space with like you and other creators that we all think alike we make similar content we like same things mm-hmm. but then we also challenge each other like we're not gonna agree on everything you're gonna mm-hmm. love a movie that i hate like i am one of the few people that hates the rise of skywalker i've made entire content based on one how much i hate people? that movie wait one of the few people well lately, well, one of the few people that have like other than just Ray hating type stuff. Correct. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. the that's the story hard me. to separate. I just think it's. I mean, I, I it's an okay film. I I do not like it. I think that I mean, it's not about Ray or anything like that. The storyline is like lazy and it it's yeah. yeah yeah no. So sorry, I just wanted to agree with you. I was like, few people. I'm like, I, I think it's not a good Star Wars. Movie. But you know what? Like on occasion, I'm gonna go through like a Twitter thread, Fred, uh, Twitter thread, and there's like a revisionist history happening. I'm like, wait a minute, let's gauge back in 2019 when this movie came out. Like it was an exposition filled nightmare, like busy movie with no rhyme or reason and broke the lore of Star Wars. To me, it broke the monomyth. And and not only do I dislike it, I viscerally hate it. And I am vocal about it. (laughs) So maybe that's what I meant. Like I am still very vocal about that Mm -hmm. film because it just disappointed me so much. Like it just broke 40 years of Star Wars and I cannot get over it. Like it broke my heart, like Game of Thrones season eight in the same way. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just... And, and that's a, in Star Wars, it's a very thin line to thread between being critical, critical about something. Because yeah. you fall into two categories. You are a toxic fan, bro. Like that's straight up just racist, misogynistic and homophobic. Or you're just aggressively positive. So I want to find, like, I want to be able to critically think about these films and criticize them without mm. being called toxic. So yeah. I struggle with that. To this, Even three years later, I struggle with it because... The loud, my uh, negative voices are so loud. They drown out all the good. So I have to be careful with how I engage in that. With yeah. the Song of Ice and Fire, is a little bit different. Like you, opinions are fairly universal. And then once you get into the lower stuff, that that's a whole different thing. But as far as like expressing like critique or appreciation for something, um, yeah, I, I I tend to tread a little bit lightly. But if yeah. you're just if you're a girl and you're trying to get into nerd fandoms. Follow more women, always engage with more female creators. That's always a good start. And through their content, you tend to see, you know, other men 
um, or, 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 or them in interacting with that, you know, with that, with that type of content. And you can kind of build your platform, build your community and really get to a, a place where you feel safe. Yeah. So, but it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's a process. So you, Absolutely. you you're going to get some hateful stuff along the way. Uh, yeah. And I think that's important. And, and, if, and, and, and this is just for, you know, we can kind of clip this too for later, but you know, anytime, you know, find, find people that you have like-minded that you're, that you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're working with. I can tell you right now, even, even myself, there were times where people would make comments and I felt like I had to address them. And mm -hmm. it's that moment when you realize you can just kind of let them go and let them be. And in some cases, look at, look at them for what they are. They're a call for, they're, they're a call for attention, a call for help. Sometimes That's it. people are struggling and they'll make, yeah horrible hot takes just for the fact that they just are struggling. One of my biggest supporters on TikTok right now is a guy who trolled me the first year I did this. Um, and I reached out to him and I said, Hey, are you okay? And we <laughs> actually had an me. engagement and he's like, thank you so much. And then he actually would defend me to other people. And at that point I realized like people are just hurting and whether they make content like we were during a time where it was struggling during the pandemic mm -hmm. or they just go and they troll, it's now a point where when I get negative comments, I kind of joke with them and be like, yeah, good luck with that. And <laughs> I don't engage in it. And it's so much better than trying to, you know, argue with those, you know, 12 year old kids that have like That's all it. their friends winning the mass report you. Well, well like sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like, look, I think that the, the really the thing that the takeaway from all of that, and it takes it takes a long time to learn this in life. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, uh, to love her. that's funny. No, the, the takeaway from all this, I think it takes a long time. It, it comes with maturity. It comes with age and it comes with Absolutely. experience in everything, not only social media, but in life is knowing. And with a kid on the way, I, I will make sure to teach him this, but mm -hmm. it's not your responsibility to change someone's perspective or change someone's mind. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you said, you both said like, don't, it, when you get caught up in that, there are success stories, like Tony said, and I've had them in the past too, where you mm -hmm. can, can change and be like, oh yeah, I had a bad day. And I remember having those conversations, but the thing is like, you're, you're getting pulled into the world and we, we all are struggling with as much as we are. Mm -hmm. The best thing to do is just kind of move on and know that look like it, it becomes an unwinnable battle to try to change everyone's perspective and change oh, yeah. one's mind. And it it's it ends up being like, look, like either we mesh or we don't and find the community that, that wants to learn and engage and educate themselves and grow mm -hmm. better and like learn from others and be like, Oh wow. Like, you know, and it's, it's hard. It does get hard to find that kind of uh, those kinds of people, but like, yeah, it's, there's some people that you'll just never tap into and, and affect their, their mindset. And so that's, to, let me just piggyback for one second. Like you can, at, at, at certain at certain point of time, and after a while, you kind of, you kind of tell the difference when somebody's trying to gauge you in certain ways. Mm -hmm. If I get a comment that says Ray Palpatine, this person is unserious, so they will not be taken seriously anymore. Like, why should I be engaging with that mindset? Like, I know what you're mm -hmm. trying to do. I know it's bait, and I'm not gonna bite. Not anymore. But right. if you come into my comment section and be like, well, why would Poe say Palpatine has returned? Like, you're obviously gauging a certain piece of dialogue by a character. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, you know what I mean? Like, or Luke Skywalker striking Ben Solo. Like, there's three perspectives going on. Like, if you understood one perspective, did you understand the third? Like, we could talk about that. But if you don't come in and you say Ray Palpatine or Ray Skywalker is not canon, 
we're done. <laughs> There's no conversation there to be for had. For a person not... who hates, for you know, who hates that last film, you, 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 it's the same thing. It's like you may hate it, but it's it still exists, and you can't pretend it's not. It's there. The, it yeah. canon movie, and it's not going to be the canon. It's not how this works. I'm sorry to disappoint. Great Jedi are not a thing either. So let me throw that out. <laughs> I think and this is the last thing I will say, and then to wrap. But I think what we've seen on the internet, but in life itself. And I think there's internet culture and influencer culture that has, has, you know, pervade and it's, 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 it's delved into all facets of life now mm-hmm. is we've lost the sense of, and I, I still have it. I will always have that sense. We've lost the sense of educating ourselves and growing and becoming better and learning from others. Like right. the, you just made a couple of comments and like, I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I want to learn, like, what, 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 like, I want to talk about that and learn, like, <laughs> like, you talked about the, obviously the, the, the Luke striking, you know, striking Ben, and I'm, and, and that's the stuff I get, like, again, you go to, you know, the, the five, 10 years ago, and still now, we go down the rabbit holes of YouTube, and you're learning, and you're like, one video comes up, and you watch the next one, like, that used to be the reason, main reason for the internet, aside from cat videos, which I still think are, are fantastic, cat and dog videos all the time, I think that adds joy to the internet. <laughs> and now it's become instant gratification. And that's the problem is that it's not. And again, for everyone, anyone out there, which where we have like five people left, but it's fine. Like it, the content you make and the stuff you put out there, there should be substance behind it and, and a reason behind it. And I think instead of just like what Tony was saying earlier is not, don't put out a take of being like, what uh, we've seen, we have some, some people that we know that'll be like, Avengers Endgame is the worst movie of all time. And then they, they introduce it and they go into it and they're just looking, they're looking. The MCU is in shambles. Yeah. Oh, see that right there. I can't take you seriously when you say yeah. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, instead yeah. of asking, I would be like spell shambles. Just, just, just asking questions and posing questions and want responses from people mm-hmm. to learn, to like, kind of like, oh, what, what is your take? What does that take? And that's how me and Tony connected was like, I, I think he, he would comment on stuff and like add value to what I was posting. And I'd be like, oh, wow. I had no idea. You know, like, I don't know how we get back to that, but that really is what, like, what should be the majority, and it's it's not, and it's a, it's a sad yeah. thing when people are just looking for attention or right. gratification instead right. of like to learn and grow. And so we'll say whatever. And I just want to say, um, looking for echo chambers is no longer a bad thing. If you find a positive echo chamber and you want to stick with that mindset, and you don't want to explore anything beyond it. That is your prerogative, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's too much negativity out there, and if you just want to concentrate a group of people that agree with you and you guys have a good time do that yeah. do whatever makes your safe uh, space safe so yeah. and if and I you can delete comments and you can block people blocking is self-care i always said it like block 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 like you know when somebody's trying to engage in good faith when somebody's trying to just rage bait you so don't yeah. bite don't give them the gratification negative uh clicks always get more but it's not worth it. it's not worth your mental health it's not worth your content it it, it it pays no dividends to be screaming at people constantly who absolutely do not care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that's where I'm at. In the beginning, it was a little tough. Don't get me wrong. It was just like gauging myself through the fandoms. But now it's like, no, I'm going to make stuff that I like. I'm going to set the tone. This is what, these are the expectations. You don't like it. You cannot follow. I'm not thirsty for followers. Like that, it's as simple as that. So that that's how I look, especially if, if you're a new person creating seek an echo chamber and build from there and then you can find different echo chambers that are respectful and maybe they can change your mind about certain things in a good way so yeah that's my advice 
Absolutely. Well, with that said, um, we, we've come to the end. We're we've done pretty well. I think <laughs> we could we so could talk funny. for a lot longer. I feel like like yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> we did yeah. <laughs> like I'll be honest with you. I want to say this. Um, you know, thank you for accepting this invite. Short notice. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and we're gonna have to have you on again. <laughs> Please, um, yes. Yeah, oh, hundred we'll, percent. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be talking more. Um, you know, we we talked I think a little bit last year, and then everything got busy. Oh um, yeah, crazy. But, yeah. Yeah, I want to run some ideas by you. Um, but with that said, everyone, thank you for joining us for Fandoms. If you like this show, you can also find it in podcast form anywhere you get your podcast called Fandoms Podcast. Um, also, be sure to check out next week um, the Comic Press Podcast. And um, also be prepared. There is another show coming, um, Turn a Page, done by um, by our, our, our good friend Ken. Um, I, I want to say his, his, his name because I always, you were struggling with it. You're I get that way. Parlay, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's ODPH. Um, yeah. It, yeah it, I'm looking at it right now. It's ODPH, um, the ODPH podcast, but, um, by all means, thank you so much. And Brian, thank you for being in here. I have to touch bases with you too. Um, but everyone have a wonderful night and we will see you later.